0: Good evening, everybody. And uh, again, I want to thank uh, Donna and Taj for welcoming us and praying uh, this uh, evening and and for Sari singing that song, There's Not a Friend Like the Lowly Jesus. And and as I said, Larry, you know, man, people, (laughs) announcements can be a headache sometimes. (laughs) Uh, But... uh, it's great that we could be together tonight, and uh, so let's uh, let's have a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump into uh, what we're going to talk about here tonight. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, again, we thank you for this time, and Father, we are so grateful that we have Jesus. Father, we, we have the author of life. We have the creator of all things. We know that in him was life, and not just eternal life, but a life that was a light to the world. And uh, God, that we get to to be in Christ is is just super special. I'm so grateful, again, for this time that we have together tonight. I pray for your spirit to move and guide and direct uh, this time. We love you. We thank you. And we pray all this in your son, Jesus name. Amen. So uh, I want to be open for, for a minute. You know, we have been uh, we, we've we been through uh, in just, gosh, uh, a whole lot of shifts and turns and, and challenges. And it just seems like, okay, are we getting to the end of the tunnel? <laughs> you know, are, are we gonna burst through and just celebrate? And, and you know, I realized that God allows challenges uh, for a whole lot of reasons. You know, we've talked a few weeks ago in the Northeast that he wants to develop our faith, that tests and trials come so that we might have perseverance. And, you know, sometimes uh, when you're persevering through different things, you can get a little weary. And I know when I get weary, I get tired, I get sleepy and kind of sometimes sluggish. And now I want to go and exercise more. And even doing that is helpful, but it doesn't fix kind of what's going on inside. And, you know, I have to continually remember Christianity is an inside, outside, you know, religion, so to speak. God, God wants to do something on the inside of us because you can act a certain way but be miles and miles away. God is after our hearts and uh, and, and, and because of that I'm, a, I'm I'm grateful that we have examples throughout the scriptures to just go back to you know I know uh, a few months ago we had did a, a study on Joseph and and looked at his, His example. And and I like to do character studies. I like to look at those flesh and blood examples from the scriptures to be inspired, just like here in the Garden State. We have many flesh and blood examples of not just perseverance, but true faith of uh people dealing with illnesses people dealing with tragedy people who who have have just been been through the ringer and they are still holding on to their faith and i appreciate you know what donna talked about tonight as well just how you know faith pleases god and he rewards those who earnestly seek him and so it, it made me think about uh you know, one of the heroes in the, in the scriptures, um, who happens to be King David. And so tonight, uh, I'm going to share my screen here in a moment. There we go. We are going to look at, okay, can't do that. A man after God's own heart. I'm sorry. Um, all right let me get this together all right can you guys see that is that good let me minimize this over here okay get my notes here all right so I'm going to reference a bunch of scriptures tonight, and again, you can, you know, ask me for some later if you missed some, but, um, you know, in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 13 and 14, the Bible reads, uh, the Lord sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader, leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. And so Samuel was, Samuel was talking to Saul and explaining to him how there was going to be a change in the kingdom and, and how uh, God was looking for a man after his own heart. And so if you go to your Bibles in Acts chapter 20, uh, Acts 13, verse 22, Paul is uh, sharing a sermon in Antioch, and he recounts the history of Israel. And so he's referring to a statement in this uh, sermon, and listen to what he says in verse 22. And as he's you know, preaching this message, he says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Now, can you imagine getting a compliment like that from God? A man after my own heart. And you know, when you think about us on this side of the cross, shouldn't that categorize every person who calls him or herself a disciple of Jesus? See, David was not only the ancestor of Christ according to the flesh. David possessed attributes that later on Jesus would would perfect. And as I said, I believe you and I should have these same attributes um, and attitudes. And so tonight, I want to encourage us because I don't know where you are, but again, I'm going to share some some other things with what I've been dealing with. And and I thought, man, this is a great reminder or or a, a great picture of someone that did not have Jesus like you and I do, but he had a heart that was big, that was full, that was passionate. And he simply loved God. And because of his love for God, it it, it caused him to to do all kinds of things. And God not only saw that heart, he said, man, this is a man after my own heart. And so in our study tonight, uh, I want us to consider these attitudes of David. I want us to see also the similarities between him and Jesus and more than anything i encourage us to stop to take a take a take a a, a pause take a look and, and just get into to god's word and and look at this man look at his attitude and let's have that same desire to be a man or a woman after god's own heart so psalm 119 verse 97. Part of what made uh, David the way he was is that David loved the word of God. Psalm 119 and verse 97. Let's look at what it says here. Psalm 119, verse 97. And the Bible reads, there we go. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. David loved the law. He loved the word. And because of his love for the word, he thought about it all day long. Well, you might be saying, well, man, I got a, I got a job. I got kids. I got to work. I got to, you know, and, and we all have those things, but how can you meditate? How can you think about God's word all day long? Well, there's a few things about God's word that I think David really cherished. So if you drop down, to Psalm 119, I want to look at three things that I believe caused him to love the word of God. In verse 11, look at what he says here. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so God's word protected him from sin. Amen. Amen skip down to verse 50. Look at another thing. In verse 50, he says, my comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. So God's word revives him during affliction and through his suffering, that it preserved his life. I believe another factor here of why David loved the word. And then if you go down to uh, verse 165 towards the end, 165, look at what he says. He says, great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. You know, brothers and sisters, there's something about God's word that gives you and I peace of mind. Knowing that God says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about your hair or what you wear. I'm going to take care of you the same way that you see me take care of the animals, the birds, for example, they don't labor, they don't they look at, they're well taken care of. Well, who put that system in place? I did. See, David loved the word; it gave him peace of mind. You know, Jesus also loved the word. We know in Matthew chapter four, or verse four verse 7, verse um, verse 10, that Jesus experienced victory over temptation because the word was so deep in his heart. Let me ask you a question. How is your love for the word of God? Do you hide it in your heart? Do you hide it in your heart? Do you, do you, Hold on to it and remember it when you're tempted, when you're going here, when you're going there. Do we find it to be a source of comfort in times of affliction? Right? The other question, does it give us peace of mind? See, if not, I want to encourage us to go back to Psalm 1. Okay? David shares some incredible insight here. See, if, if God's word doesn't cause us to, to cherish it, to, to hold it, to, 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 to go to it, then we have to learn to delight in the law. The psalm, it says, Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. See, we have to continue to learn to delight in the Word of God, learn to meditate upon it daily. You know, maybe that's again, a memory scripture. I know I was talking to Dr. Gill and she told me about how she put scriptures in her reminder. I was like, what an awesome idea. Every day I got these reminders that come up and these main scriptures that I wanna dwell and focus on, keep the word in my mind. Secondly, secondly, David not only loved the word, David loved to pray. Let's go to Psalm 116. Psalm 116, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 116, verse 1 and 2. David says, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he tuned, I'm sorry, he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. His love for prayer was based on the fact that God had answered him before. See, it was based on the fact that God had had listened to him. I know all of us can stop and think about something that we prayed to God about, and he answered that prayer. Well, why? I don't know why, but you and I understand we have a connection with our Father and that we need to continue to cry out to Him and talk to Him and plead with Him like that persistent widow because He cares for us. David loved to pray. If you go down to verse 12 and 13 in that same chapter, look at what He says What shall I return to the Lord? for all his goodness to me i will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the lord one of the reasons david loved to pray cuz god had greatly blessed him he blessed his life turn to psalm 145 verse 18 i know again i'm going kind of quick but uh you, you can get these passages later psalm 145 verse 18. Look at what he says here. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. David loved the Lord based on the fact that prayer brought God close to him. You know, Jesus was also known as a man of prayer. You know, Luke 5, 16, he he says he made it very uh, clear that he would slip away to pray privately, you know, in times of great trial and stress, like at the cross and Gethsemane, rather, he prayed those prayers to, to, to be resolved, you know, on the cross. Think about it. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. You know, honestly, recent recently, one of the things God has exposed in my life is a lack of prayer, and I realize this because I've been getting a lot more anxious and worried because I'm more involved with just the reality. You know, I take my hat to our elders and uh, who hear some of the most difficult and challenging issues all the time. And I'm like, wow. But, um, you know, I've been worried about, you know, some of the things that uh, I've learned in marriages that are in turmoil. Worried about my kids, other people's kids, anxious about the future. You know, my uh, brother, I think I shared a couple of weeks ago, said, oh, yeah, by the way, he's real casual. Grandma's in the hospital. What? I, I, nobody told me. What's what's going on? And I realized there's these fears and anxieties about losing loved ones, you know, dealing with illnesses. And I'm thinking, man, the more I see, the more I hear, it needs to drive me to more time talking to my father. And and so you can just keep me in your prayers for that because I realize, man, there is much to pray about. And God doesn't give us more than we can bear, but uh, he he wants to be involved and not uh, think, okay, I'm gonna deal with this or I'm gonna go over here and just wear my little self out rather than coming to him with all of these situations. But my question is, how is your love for prayer? Um, do you find it to be a source of peace, which surpasses all understanding? Do you pray without ceasing? That, that's one that I, I, I have got to practice that. You know, if not, we need to let David instruct us to depend upon prayer for our very preservation. Let's read this passage. Look at what he says, Psalms 32, verse six and seven. This is a great scripture. And again, we can learn from our dear brother here. Psalm 32, verse six and seven. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. See, David loved to pray. And so in addition to loving the word of God and to loving prayer, David also loved the unity among brothers. Turn to Psalm 131. Psalm 131, Psalm, I'm sorry, 133, verse 1. And he writes here, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. You know, David knew the value of, a, of good friendship and unity. And I believe he exemplified that in his relationship with Jonathan. And we can find that story in in 1 Samuel 18, verse 1. But he was a man who, who valued unity. He understood the importance of it. You know, our Lord Jesus loved unity as well. You know, he diligently prayed that his disciples would be one in John 17, verse 20 through 23. In fact, he died on the cross that there might be unity. I want to ask you to turn your Bible over there to Ephesians chapter 2. And look at this passage, Ephesians 2, verse 13. Listen to what Paul writes here about Jesus. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. You know, as I said before, David didn't have an example like Jesus to follow, but Jesus perfected David's attitudes and and heart. And, you know, to think that he died, that there might be unity is an amazing love for us and for for the church. You know, when I think about love for the church, I think about Frank Augusta. I was talking to Frank and some of you know, and, you know, Frank is uh, dealing with, cancer and and yet when you talk to him you wouldn't know it and he sent me a text and he says russ the church is my family that i will forever love the church is my home and it will forever be my precious home as long as i live when it comes to god i am an open book (laughs) thank you so much brother give my regards to the family, love Frank, Ciata and Gabby." I love talking to Frank and Ciata. I appreciate their love for unity and for God's church and God's people. But brothers and sisters, we gotta ask ourselves this question. Do we love unity enough to pay the price? Do we love unity enough to pay the price? See, by diligently displaying the proper attitude necessary to preserve the unity Christ had accomplished through his death. Do we love unity enough to pay the price? Because I tell you, there's a lot of forces that are out that want to divide and conquer God's church. And we, we have got to be aware of anything that can cause unit, disunity, anything that can cause division. You know, I know there's, uh, you know, uh, elections coming up next week, man, we, we, we need to be praying and, and, and staying close to God to, to not let disunity in any way uh, affect the body of Christ. Finally, David hated every false way. Let's go back to Psalm 119. I'm going to wrap it up here. Psalm 119, verse 104. Psalm 119, verse 104. Look at what he says. Psalm 119, verse 104. He says, I gain understanding from your precepts therefore, I hate every wrong path. See, David's hatred was based upon his understanding of God's precepts. His hatred was based upon his understanding of God's precepts. And, you know, it affected his life. It affected his relationships. And, you know, what he did, what he didn't do, who he hung with, who he didn't hang hang with, I mean, it, it affected his life. And I'm not talking about self-righteous because, you know, we know David blew it thoroughly. I mean, the man committed and broke every uh, one of the Ten Commandments. But yet there was a repentance, uh, but there was a conviction that was based on God's word. You know, Jesus also hated false ways. You know, Matthew 21, verse 12 through 13, he's driving the money changers out of the temple. You know, in Matthew 23, Jesus is uh, denouncing the hypocritical Pharisees, scribes, and lawyers. I mean, he he hated uh, injustice and oppression. You know, what what is your attitude towards false ways? Are you soft or compromising? Do you realize that we're involved in a spiritual battle over the souls of men and that it is worth speaking up but let's never ever forget that we are to love the sinner, but we must hate the sin. And sometimes I think, you know, we can get that a little off and confused, but Jesus loved the sinner, he hated the sin. You know, as we wrap up here this evening, In Acts 13, verse 22, it was said of David that he was one who will do all my will. The only reason that that said of him was because David was a man after God's own heart and had these attributes that we just talked about moving inside of him. God was confident. Think about this, God was confident that David would do all that God asked of him. And see, if we are to have that said about us, man, we gotta have the same kind of attitudes in our hearts. Love for the word, love for prayer, love for unity, and the hatred towards false ways. You know, as I said before, you and I have Jesus. We have him uh, in the word, we have his example, and, and, and we see, wow, he loved God so much that he was doing, he was willing to do whatever it would take to please his father. How about you? How about me? Are we motivated to do all of God's will? And again, I know that is a very challenging call, but man, what what else? You can't do half of God's will. We gotta do God's will, you know, because and that, that, that's the man that, and woman that's going to make it uh, those who do God's will. Tonight, I want to close out with this final song and remember who we belong to. And let's decide. We're going to do God's will. We're going back to Clifton High School. We're going to be all together. Man, it's going to be a, like a family reunion. Our children's ministry is opening back up. The parents who uh, have longed for that to be able to focus and have a great time of worship. The kids to be in their space and they're gonna learn and it's gonna be great. Man, we need to remember, again, why are we doing what we're doing? Because we want God's will to be done. And so as we sing this last song, let's sing it with all of our hearts and to God be the glory. Amen.